We are I. As I'm sitting here this morning, I was really thinking about um, pharmaceutical companies because I'm actually listening to a podcast right now. Two scientists talk about, you know, uh, drug companies and how they do their testing and you know, just how testing is done in general, you know, and, and just the, the benefits of metformin to be able to reduce diabetes. And uh, I know that this is boring to most people, you know, but it got it got me thinking about something. Because we all know with all of these drugs that drug companies come out that not one of them can actually make legitimate claims that they can reduce reduce all-cause mortality by 40%. Moreover, that none of these drugs can say that they reduce all-cause mortality. And like I said, like you're talking like everything besides getting like hit by a car or struck by lightning. But none of these... None of these drugs or drug companies can make a claim saying they reduce all-cause mortality by 40% without any significant side effects. Like, just think about that, for example. You know, why, why do we not, based on that sole merit alone, that sole merit, just that one thing, why do we not... Why do doctors not, why is it not encouraged by, you know, the governing boards of our, our doctors, our psychiatrists, our, you know, why is it not encouraged to be able to take such a thing that can reduce all cause mortality by 40% if it was available? You think that that would be so widely prescribed you think it'd be so widely talked about. You'd think it'd be one of those things that doctors and psychiatrists and you know everybody in the medical field would just be screaming from the rooftop saying, everybody has to be on this. Everybody has to take this. And it's relatively free. Could be very easily subsidized by the government. Could be very easily encouraged by all these governing bodies to be able to get their their governees to be able to prescribe this. However, we know that this exists. We in the sauna community, we know this. Because that's what the sauna does. It's always hard to say sauna instead of sauna. But why... Why when we know, why it's something that's been proven over thousands of years, something where you have incredibly large sample sizes to be able to go from because there's been populations that have been doing this since birth that are in their 10s, their 20s, their 30s, their 40s, their 50s, their 60s, their 70s, their 80s, their 90s. You have that because there's a lot of countries, you know, that just happen to be not here where it's just a part of the culture. People do do this. So there is extremely large sample groups where you can actually do these studies and they have. This is widely known. This is widely accepted by people who are putting a lot of research into sauna use now. You know, from the mental health side, decreasing depression, 
making depression manageable, making anxiety manageable. Like you look at these things like why would SSRIs be prescribed when you have something that is better? Something that is better. Simply this, oh no, we know that exercise obviously is one of the best antidepressants out there. But if you could simply prescribe the sauna as a replacement or a beginning step saying, hey, will this work first? Just go in the sauna, feel good. But it's also an anti-obesity drug, air quotes drug, you know, because it does mimic you know, some zone two cardio because it gets your heart rate up. Maybe you are unable to be able to do cardio. I've, I've talked about this at nauseum. Like you can go back in these podcasts from years and years ago. I've been talking about this, how I track that it's like doing zone two cardio. So no impact zone two cardio. Who's that great for? Well, let's see. Elderly, people who are morbidly obese, you know, people who simply just say, I hate cardio. Well, great. Go sit in the sauna. Now, is it as beneficial as doing cardio? No, because, you know, we have the strengthening of the muscles and, you know, we have, um, you know, like the stress on the tendons and ligaments, which is good. You know, we have the stress on the bones, which is good, stress on the muscles, which is good, you know, all these things. But if you use this as a springboard or you're doing this instead of nothing, well, come on now, let's talk because it is. Very, very beneficial. You know, never mind the anti-inflammatory effects. Even if you do not change your diet, even if you do not change your lifestyle, but you just add, you know, that sauna use three, four times a week, you know, 20 to 40 minutes, you know, that 65 to 85 degrees Celsius, that, you know, really taxing yourself, really getting that dynorphin flowing through your body, that you know, finding through that feeling of wanting to get out, just trying to push out just a little bit longer. With all those factors, if you don't change any of those factors, it'll still decrease your all-cause mortality by up to 40%. Now you can get hyper-specific and do, you know, some of these techniques where you're inside the sauna for 30 minutes and then out for five, in for 30, out for five. Four rotations. So you're in there for two hours, in the sauna for two hours. Like you need to dedicate you know, about, you know, two and a half hours to be able to go through this experiment, but it radically increases your growth hormone levels, radically does. But you do this once a week, only once a week. No other sauna use, but you just do this once a week. Well, that's hugely beneficial. So you're telling me like, why all these guys who are, you know, putting growth hormone into the body, like, why wouldn't you just do that once a week? Because the spin-off benefits are extremely high. You know, so, but it's like, like, these are the things, you know, like, like, why don't we? And so this is what led me into this other thought is like, if we did this, I see it by way of, if I was ever to say that there would have to be some industry that should just be handed over to the public with absolute 100% transparency. Like there's no, there's no company like this should be, you know, funded by government organizations all over the world. It should have a completely 100% transparent, um, open book policy on all information, on all test studies, on all case studies, everything. It should be the pharmaceutical industry. 
This should 100% be done. Because the one thing that we do know with these pharmaceutical companies, they do absolutely do hide evidence and they only give the evidence over that they want regulators to be able to see. Well, what about all the other stuff? Like what's really going behind when you have doctors, when you have governing bodies, when you have governments that are toting that you should trust, air quotes, trust the pharmaceutical industry. Yet these people do not have absolute and full transparency, nor can they ever produce anything that has greater benefits than things like sauna use, cold exposure, and exercise. Those three things alone. Because those three things also have very, very, very minimal side effects. And more often than not, the air quote side effects of those three things are actually benefits. You know, for example, like with working out, well, we know that working out, one of the side effects is your body breaking down, but it's actually one of the benefits because then your body rebuilds itself. Working out causes inflammation. Well, but that inflammation is a good thing because that's what helps repair and rebuild the body. So again, even when you argue these points, it's like, well, they're actually benefits. They aren't really detriments. Now, sure, is there some, you know, Injuries are some things to be able to take into consideration, you know, in the sauna does if people aren't, you know, hydrating properly or, you know, having electrolyte tabs or powders and stuff or, you know, anything along those lines, could there be, you know, an electrolyte deficiency? Could there be a dehydration issue? 100%. But the only thing is over 70 or 80% of people in the West are massively dehydrated anyway, like actually statistically classified as massively and chronically dehydrated. So what's the difference? I know for me, when I sit in the sauna, that I actually want to drink more water through those because I feel parched. But I'm just confused. I, I guess I'm not confused. I, I guess this is where like my my willingness to want to usher hope into this situation. This is where I think that we all need co- to collectivize around these these topics of saying like, what is our metric for actually improving health outcomes? Because there is a lot of drugs that are on the market that, you know, over the course of time and the sample sizes and the trials, like they actually have been very beneficial. But the one thing to take into consideration, maybe I'll end on this note, is that We know now something that is so widely taken amongst a huge population base that is extremely detrimental to your overall health. It's Tylenol and Advil. But how many people take and abuse those? But it actually does more harm than good. But because you get temporary relief, you want to keep taking this stuff. So... Even something as simple as that, when you really look at it, like that's that's the hard, you know, like that's the hard reality. Is something as even watered down as Tylenol and Advil can cause those underlying negative outcomes that over the course of time they really harm your stomach, your gut, like it really adds an amount of 
inflammation in the body that supersedes the inflammation that you're getting from the reason why you're even taking that. Never mind, you're completely masking why you're even needing it in the first place. Oh, I got a little bit of headache, but I'm on my fucking eighth cup of coffee today. Oh, I got a little headache, but I haven't drank any water for two days. Oh, I got a little headache, but I've been sitting in front of my screen for six hours today. I got a little headache, but, you know, the barometric pressure is changing. Oh, well, I might as well take a, an Advil. Well, maybe you don't have to. But again, this is to the people who enjoy the benefits of the sauna use. This is for the people who want to be able to seek that 40% decrease in all-cause mortality. And again, without changing anything, without changing one simple thing about your lifestyle. Well, actually, that's not true. If you change one thing, you start doing it. But you change nothing else. You will statistically, from a ton of research, from very incredible, incredible people and institutions, is widely known and accepted, they'll decrease your all-cause mortality by 40%. Now, why wouldn't you encourage your friends and family, your loved ones, your communities to be able to enjoy the benefits of a decrease in all-cause mortality by 40%? And then we can ask ourselves the question I'm asking right now is, why don't we encourage everybody to do this? I don't know. Do you? Do you?